Welcome to a brand new edition of Tala Light Talk. This is Casey. Talk. This is Chris. <laughs> and real quick, I gotta say, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, this month is actually going to be a pretty big month. If uh, we're recording this on the 23rd of March, so we still have a week, uh, a week and a day left of the month of March, but. So far, we've been on pace to beat our previous months, and with the release of this episode, we should do even better. So thanks a lot for you guys tuning in. Um, Get ready. Uh, We'll talk about it a little bit more at the end of this episode, but get ready next month to probably get a bunch of episodes and a bunch of crossover crossover episodes with Gourmet Scum Radio uh, next month because we will talk about it. Um, so stay tuned for the next hour of this listening <laughs> show. If you can. If you can. Yeah. Um, all right. So first things first, uh, got to get some sad news out of the way. Um, Bernie Wrightson passed away um, the other day. And Bernie Wrightson, if you don't know his work, he is the co-creator of Swamp Thing, along with Len Wein, um, is the artist. He worked with Stephen King and George Romero um, on the Creep Show uh, comic book based off of that awesome 80s movie. Um, he also did the one of the best Frankensteins ever as the uh, illustrated um, edition of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, this dude had a way with some pen and paper in... Like no other. Um, so, I mean, really, really one of those amazing artists that you probably didn't know his name, but you definitely knew his work. And, you know, I remember I, I heard the news and I was like, ah, oh, that name, you know, seems kind of familiar. But when I went and looked at his work, I was like, holy shit. I, I obviously we all know who Swamp Thing is. And like even the Alan Moore run, which is the, the popular of the storylines, like, they they literally just took Wrightson's art and just, you know, replicated it because it's so prolific. So um, really, really sad news to hear about that. Um, you know, Chris, you, what, do you, what do you recognize from, from Wrightson's work? Uh, Cycle of the Werewolf. I had that. I have that novella, actually, the original one. Uh, so Another that's, Stephen King That's collab. a big one because that was... Yeah, exactly. That was a that was actually one of the. I still have that in my collection. Um, it's because it was because it was so illustrated throughout. It was one of those ones that really stood out to me. Um, I love it. I mean, they based the movie Silver Bullet off of it. Uh, so you know, we we always watched that as kids, and uh, you know, the stand and also the Dark Tower cover. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you know. I, I remember they announced that this week his death and I was just like and like you said, I was just kinda like who? And then I, I looked I looked him up and you know it's it's funny how influential somebody can be when you even when you don't realize it. And then you it's unfortunate, you know. It's Yeah. I mean he's he's one of those artists that you can tell that so many artists after him and around that same time were influenced by him. I mean, his line work, his shadows, I mean, they, they're they just, it's, he's gothic or horror, 
in every sense of the word. You know what I mean? Um, I, I haven't really talked about it too much and I will talk about it more as it comes closer, but you know, I I'm working on a comic myself and like part of the artwork will be that type of creep show and, and EC comic related because of, and, and he's one of those influences. So, um, you know, just a little moment of silence for, for Bernie Wrightson. Okay, so let's move on and uh, get into some comic book and just geekly, all around geekly news here. Um, we're going to start off with Marvel right now and um, get right into it. So we're both watching Legion. Almost everybody's watching Legion, it sounds like. Even Jackie, our uh, writer of the weekly one-up, is watching Legion. <laughs> and um, it's an amazing show. And we know that uh, David Holler is the son of Professor X. And I have not watched it yet. But in the latest episode, apparently you can see Professor X's wheelchair. Um, we have heard that uh, Patrick Stewart has expressed interest in showing up on the show. Um you know, maybe I wouldn't even be surprised if James McAvoy. Uh, what do you think about this? I I would love it. I mean, with the Shadow King being the villain, um, which is, you know, I'm four episodes behind. I get the spoilers anyhow. So it's <laughs> like, I'm excited. I don't even care. Um, the show blows my mind. It's like, it is something that I do have to watch in, in small doses almost. Um, or else my mind be uh, melted. But um it's a great show. Uh, and like you said, it has a really, it has the potential of a really big fan base because, you know, it's a comic book show, but it's one of those shows that's so well written and so well done that it could just, you know, uh, attract fans of all types. It's, it's, it's great. And uh, Shadow King is like Professor X's major, like, you know, adversary versus, you know, opposite of like Magneto or, or anybody else. But it's like within that, uh, within the realm of being, you know, the telekinesis or telekinetic or whatever, uh, telepathic, I'm sorry. Um, and the astral plane and, and all those, is it the astral plane? Yeah. Yeah. And all that crazy, crazy stuff that they cover outside of just being, you know, mutant powers. Um, I think that it would be a really cool thing to bring him into this show. Uh, especially seeing that we, we saw his last, uh, movie appearance as professor X. So, yeah, that's true. And, and you know, as we talked about it, Logan was, oh, what a way to go out on a high note. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. What a great yeah. movie. Yeah. So, yeah, Legion, keep on kicking ass, man. <laughs> hey, it's got a so, season yeah. two's coming. I mean, it's it's obviously doing the right things. Um, it's exciting, though, because, I mean, we have, we have uh, that new – uh, X-Men show gifted or whatever they want to call it coming soon. So I think that, you know, there's a, there's a good, a good, um, I guess a good plane of existence that, uh, that the X-Men could exist on TV and kind of move away from the movie world. Uh, if they, if they play their cards, right. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, up next we have, a little Guardians of the Galaxy 2 talk. So James Gunn recently revealed that two actors, um, one of them known, one of them just revealed, are going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, 
as unknown characters that we don't know, but they said, or sorry, James Gunn said that they're going to be influential characters. So Sylvester Stallone is going to be in the movie. We do know that he's going to be a member of the Nova Corps. The other name is Michael Rosenbaum, who is a really uh, good friends with Gunn. He's done other um, movies. I think he's in Super uh, that Gunn did, and I think he's in other things too. But he uh, obviously is best known for Lex Luthor on Smallville. Um, Michael Rosenbaum, we don't know who he's going to be. For me, my, my choices are Warlock, Adam Warlock. Um, another one could be, and I, and I can't remember who the older one is and you would, is it, is it Rick, Rich Ryder is the older uh, Nova? Richard. Oh, I said Rich. Yeah. Richard Ryder. So, you know, Marvel and their alliteration or Stan Lee specifically. So, um, what, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, who gets, who do you think that, because the two characters James Gunn alluded to them kind of being connected somehow um, and influential and we have not seen them yet. So what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I don't, I don't know how they can't do. um, They won't do Adam Warlock by the time that infinity wars, you know, rolls around. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's it just seems like it would be a really missed opportunity. Um, they Marvel seems to want to do things the right way. Uh, that gold chicken, you know, that gold chicken guard that they've already shown in Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy two, has a lot to do with Adam Warlock. So I mean, it's like it's either we'll get a tease of him by the end of this movie. I mean, then again, they say this they want to really set this aside from anything else, but. Who knows? I mean, it, they always like want to say that kind of stuff, so you don't expect anything. Right. In terms of Nova, at this point, I don't know about Rich Richard Ryder. Um, could we see the younger Nova because of the, the comics and and everything like that? I I don't know. Um, I would I would rather see I would rather see Adam Warlock than than anything else. I completely agree. Um, to the story of Secret Wars, Infinity Wars, it, it makes the most sense. Um, he's a huge character in it. We kind of got that little teaser nugget in uh, the first Guardians movie where we saw like the cocoon mm-hmm. of uh, Adam Warlock. So I, I think that's who it's going to be. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, he's actually surprisingly a very funny actor. Um, Wally, we- Wally West. Yep, he's also in a movie. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I think you might have like Suicide Kings. That's with uh, Christopher Walken. It's just like a weird offbeat indie movie about these friends. I think they hold him ransom, and he's like a mob boss or something. But yes, yeah, I, 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 I have not seen it, but I know of it. Yes. Yeah. So you know, he's a, he's a good actor, and I, I think mm-hmm. he could do a good job. I think he's on a TV show right now, actually, on Hulu or something. But anywho. Point being, it would be nice to see Adam Warlock above any Nova, Nova. But at the same time, I also would like to see Nova. But I'd like to see him as as the kid in Spider Man. You know what I mean? I want that crossover. But we'll see how that goes. All right. Anyways, moving along. 
Anthony Mackie uh, confirmed what we've all known uh, for years, even though we try to deny it. And he says that the movie and the TV universes from Marvel are different. They are completely separate. They have nothing to do with each other. What do you, what's your thoughts? Uh, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it <laughs> by now. I get like the big, we created this hashtag that's all connected, but really it's not. I, it really it's not. They, I mean, they tried to connect things with Coulson and, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and like attempted to try to do things somehow, but Apparently, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. being as big as it is, they can't even cross it over into, like, I, I don't even give a shit anymore. Um, <laughs> unless unless they brought, like, by, like, Phase 5 and Luke Cage shows up to lead the new Avengers with, like, Spider-Man and stuff like that, then fine. But we're never going to see Spider-Man swing through the streets in New York when we're watching, like, Season 2 of, you know... Luke Cage or Heroes for Hire, you know, it's like, come on, guys. I mean, you have these, you have these great characters that you could, you could cross over. You could have them showing up on fucking Bleecker Street. You know, I, it's got, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I'm not going to get overly upset about it because at this point, I'm used to it. I think New York City. You know, and we're, we're going to talk about this. I think in a minute we're going to we're going to talk about Iron Fist. <laughs> you guys all live in the same city, and I understand <laughs> New York City's pretty fucking big. Okay, it's not that big. It's pretty big. It's but not that big though. If you want to separate the cinematic universe from the TV universe the way DC does, I'm okay because at that point you know what, maybe we'll see a big screen Daredevil. Maybe we'll see a big screen Punisher at some point. I'm okay with that idea. It's stupid. Don't get me wrong. You already have one on Netflix that's kicking ass, but I no, guess I'm okay with it. But it's not, it's not even like that. You have, you have these characters that, sh- that exist better on the small screen because you can tell more intricate stories about Daredevil, about Punisher. Yeah, yeah. they all exist. Like, they're not going to change the character. They're not going to change the actor. But it's like, why don't you do yourself some fucking, like, your your fans some service? Like, just a little bit. Just just a little bit. I mean, yeah, you talk about it. You you mentioned, like, the big green guy. You, you all you say this. Yeah, you, you, you say this crazy stuff. But it's like, I, I, I I'm okay with it. Because you do a great job telling a story of these other characters that you couldn't do in two hours, and that's that's the point, I guess. Like some of these characters do need eight hours to flesh out. Um, some of these characters well, Chris, you don't. Let's back up for a second. Every one of the characters could use eight hours. Uh-huh. You know what right. I mean? Of course. Like, realistically, like if you showed me Ultimate Spider-Man mm. on TV. And it was that story, that ultimate Spider-Man story. He's in high school. He gets it, blah, blah, blah. That show could go on for fucking years. And it would be amazing. 
I see what you did there. Yeah, I did it. Anyway, what I was trying to get at, though, is that, okay, you're going to keep it separate, fine. I guess, whatever. Allude to the incident. It's stupid, whatever. But within your own universe, like in your own Netflix verse, why isn't Iron Fist talking with the rest of them? Why can't Claire go, let me call Matt Murdock? And then, right. you know, because you got to fight the hand. So, no, like, not it, even that. Why can't Matt Murdock be the be the lawyer in another movie? Like, remember, like, oh, we know a movie show. In, in one of the movies, they're like, oh, we need a lawyer. I, I forgot which movie it was. And you're like, oh, why shouldn't it be Matt Murdock? It's missed out. It's that's that's that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, kind of stumbled upon that little talk, but let's talk about Iron Fist real quick. I have not finished it. You finished it? I finished it. You did finish it. Um, so non non spoilers, guys, because I haven't finished it. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts here? Um, it gets it gets an eight out of ten in my book. Uh, definitely. Could have done some things better. Uh, I I do like Finn Jones as Danny Rand. The 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 thing that I really like about the show the most is that it it is the most evenly paced of all the all of them. It doesn't change gears. It doesn't um, make me bored in the middle um, yeah. because it's 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 relatively boring throughout anyhow. But it's also it's it's not that it's boring. It's it's slower than the rest. It doesn't have like that those wow factors all the time, um, but it does build the characters very well, and it and it builds up something by the end of the season that um, that gives you a really satisfying uh, ending to the show. So I do understand all the different viewpoints of why people didn't like it, or why people did like it. Um, the the like the problems that people have with it. Yeah. It does, it does raise some issues about whether or not this show was rushed, whether or not that Finn Jones did have enough time to prepare. All these like excuses to um, why certain people liked it, some people didn't. I give it an eighty out of a hundred because for me, it 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 does it does feel it does give me a sad like a satisfaction to a to a Danny Rand uh, origin story. Uh, when you compare it to the original comics, it's a lot less goofy. It's it's a lot more grounded. Um, and actually, you know, with the Meachams, as much as people want to say they're not good characters, I actually found that their journey through this entire show is is justified and very and and actually very well balanced. So it's a kung fu it's a kung fu tv show if you if you're really like a fan of these old kung fu movies like they're all about discovery and 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 balance and yin and yang and that's that's what i really really felt that was the strength of this show i have a feeling that by the end of it what what, thing, what episode do you want i'm on i just finished seven okay that unless things change a little bit, I'm not going to like it. And the reason why is because some of the things that I've been ignoring criticism-wise 
are starting to kind of tear at the threads and make sense. So I was talking with my comic book guys about this today. And I and I, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of thought about it, but I didn't super think about it. And they were saying, like, I don't care that he's white because he's white in the comics. I do care that the whole point of him being in that, like, Asian culture is that he learns it. He accepts it. It's part of his life. And therefore, when he meets other people, they're like, whoa, this this guy's got that side to him. And we're not used to it. In the show, it's more like, I'm more Asian than you, but because we don't spend any time in Kun Lun getting to know that culture and getting to know why I know it, to the casual viewer, it doesn't make any sense. And you and I, we know him. We get him. So, like, I think that you and I and some maybe some fans will accept it. Whereas I can totally see those other people who don't know him going, eh, maybe, maybe this guy's just some whitewashed character. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, the other thing, Finn Jones isn't that good. He's not. He's not. He's a good, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. He's, he's not, not a good Danny Rand. His Kung Fu is not good. His what is I it is or is it the fucking fight choreographers, dude? It's 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 the fact that I heard I heard that he didn't have much time to really. They would show him what to do, and they had to do it. There was yeah. no real practice to it, and you can see it because there's there's these scenes where it's very like uh, it's very uh, slow and. Unreact. I don't want to say unreactive. No, it's chorea- It's choreographed. It's, it's highly poor, choreographed. It's poorly choreographed. It's. It looks. Some of the stuff looks really cool. And don't get me wrong, but it's the. It's not him doing it. It's the. It's his double doing the really awesome stuff. Yes. But when he does it, it doesn't come off right. And I really hope this is something they work with him on because I do like Finn Jones as Danny Rand. I do like Finn Jones as an actor. Um, and I thought that, you know. Yeah, maybe they should have like you know at least shaved his beard off. But at the same time, um, <laughs> I you know I didn't I, as an Iron Fist fan I didn't mind it, but there was a lot of a lot of problems I had with what they did. Um, that's what I'm saying. I think I think we're gonna look back at this show and go. I don't ever need to watch this season again. It's just a setup for the defenders because the whole time you could have been calling that the other defenders to help you out with the hand. It is a setup for the defenders, but by the time you get to the end of the season, you're only on seven. Trust me, it changes a lot after from episode nine on. And I believe, and Um, I believe that because that's mostly the way that these these Marvel shows have been working. So I'm not like, and I and I like it, but it's just yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, you won't be. You're not going to be disappointed. Trust yeah. me. You won't be disappointed, but at the same time, you're going to be a little disappointed um, because I think that what they do this season and what they are alluding to next season are like two totally opposite things. And it's and actually, I'm really excited for next season um, and the Defenders. So if you I, show like just mm-hmm. it's the same thing with Thor, man. Uh-huh. Don't go to. 
don't go to New York. Don't go to ever, like in both of them, because Thor goes to New York as well. Like, just stay in your 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 places. Like, you have 13 episodes, and you don't spend four of them in Kunlun? I or get even it. One? I get no, it. No. But... What? What? What justification? Really? No, no, no. Exactly. They should have spent at least three like flashing back completely with training and stuff like that. Like show me that's fucking thunder. Show me the fucking Jade. I just, you know what his name, I can't, I don't know what his name is, but steel. No. Well, yeah, you should be showing me Davos. You you say Davos left and right. So you should be showing me just watch the show. What is this? Emerald. (laughs) Aid. What is it? I can't remember what his name is. Um, you know, the main guy, with the with the with the mask. Do you know what I'm talking about? The guy who actually like he's not the guy who really trains him, but he's like the leader of everything. Oh, the, yes, I know. Like he talks one all the time. Yeah, he's the guy that he like looks looks up to him all the time. God damn, this is gonna really, really make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm trying to like just oh man I can't find it all right let's just okay. pretend I didn't even say anything it's okay I I will find it before the end of this episode but it's it's really making <laughs> fucking all right so next topic um so I can stop swearing uh we have heard that Michael Shannon and Brad Pitt are the front runners for cable in Deadpool 2. Thoughts. <laughs> Brad Pitt, I why? I don't even want to think about that. I even, oh I my god. Did you see the 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 I concept any, art for it? Uh, concept art is great. I mean I've heard it. I no actually I've not even heard this. I heard Michael Shannon, which even then I'm just like eh I I don't know. I mean do you think that Brad Pitt like, I, I don't know. Send it to me. Maybe I would. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna mind. send it to you. And honestly, that's that's gonna do it. <laughs> all I want. All I want to hear is Stephen Lang. That's it. Yeah. I don't want. Not, I don't. I don't want Brad Pitt as Cable. I don't want. Like I. I just want like a. I. I don't know. I just can't <laughs> see. I don't think I could get behind. It. I love Brad Pitt, but I don't think I could get behind that. Then again. Tyler Durden is cable. I'm sending it to you through here. Um, and then look at that link and then you tell me if that's not a cool looking cable. <laughs> like Boss Logic, I don't know if he found the concept art. Boss Logic, just so you guys know, is a concept artist. Um, he works a lot with the CW. He basically takes these rumors of people getting casted and then makes a real poster behind it and kills it every single time. He does an amazing job. He didn't actually make this concept art of Brad Pitt as Cable, but I'll tell you what, it looks pretty fucking cool, in my opinion. I also think I've seen almost every single Brad Pitt movie ever made. I I would get behind it. So have you, by by that factor. You like yeah. Brad Pitt. I love Brad Pitt. Yeah. So just stop. Just fucking 
God. Definitely not Michael Shannon. I don't give a shit. I think Michael Shannon's actually a phenomenal actor. He's a great actor. Um, he, is a, he is a good actor. I just don't <laughs> want him as fucking cable. I don't know how I feel, but I, I think he's a good actor, so I, I can't say that. Um, all right, next. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to say it real quick. Actually, I'm just going to take it off the docket. I don't even want take to it off because I spent like I spent like 15 minutes talking about this yesterday. I don't want yeah, to talk, talk about it. All right, all we gotta say uh, is that is that Marvel Comics needs to get their shit together. Period. Yeah, I mean, the only reason we're not going to talk about it right now is because it could be its own podcast. So let's just move on. Um, Good point. So we'll Sony, see you next week. <laughs> see you next week. Sony. <laughs> And it's infinite wisdom, Avia Rod, who <laughs> go to Don't Forget a Towel, look up Avia Rod. <laughs> Just look up Avia Rod on don'tforgetatowel.com, our website, and you can see how we feel about this fucking person. But um, basically, here's the thing real brief history. We're going to spend like two seconds on it, but <laughs> More than Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel Studios, used to work for a guy named Avia Rod. Avia Rod was one of the owners of Toy Biz. So basically, Avia Rod goes, I make toys. Movies make toys get bought. Why don't I produce movies? And he's been at Sony ever since. So, you know, we got some good stuff. We got the Sam Raimi's um, Spider-Man movies. I like the Amazing Spider-Man movies myself, personally. Um, then we have the Ghost Riders, and we have the Daredevil. You know what I mean? So pretty much every Marvel movie, Fantastic Four, was all Punisher. put out. Punisher uh, put out by Sony. Okay. Kevin Feige was a producer on it. He basically said these are all the bad things, and like let's make Marvel Studios and make all the good things from it. But Avia Rod is still over at Sony, and. He doesn't have a huge part in Spider-Man Homecoming, thank God. I think he is still a producer on it, but I think that's just because they're kind of being nice to him. But he is still hones Spider-Man as an entity and in his infinite wisdom wants to make a Venom movie and also a Silver Sable and Black Cat movie. Um, the Silver Sable Black Cat movie would be written by Chris Yost, Chris Yost just recently wrote uh, he wrote Thor The Dark World but I think he wrote Doctor Strange or Thor Ragnarok but Chris Yost, look him up comic book writer um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes the cartoon um, I mean this dude is all over comics and cartoons and movies he definitely has a good track record but Kind of what, what what are your thoughts on these movie Venom and the Black Cat Silver Sable movie? First off. And they're two separate movies. They're not all one big movie, thank God. Oh, I know. I know. The Venom. The mere fact that you're even talking about a Venom movie outside of, you know, creating Venom in the Marvel Cinematic universe in Infinity War, they bring down the symbiote. It gets to Spider-Man. That makes sense to me, and yeah. maybe that's their plan. And if that is their plan, we can. This is a moot point. I I don't want to say too much because I would love to see like 
I don't even I don't even care if it's an Agent Venom movie, but it, it all needs to make sense. Yeah. Unlike unlike Spider Man three, where hey, we're looking at the stars and this this meteorite crashes Earth, and all of a sudden, you know, the dude from that '70s show is is Venom. <laughs> so I mean, you please please don't. Please don't shit all over one of the best Spider-Man villains again. Please just well, technically, do it right. The best Spider-Man villain, technically. I I know I don't I don't want to talk about too much because then you know it could yeah. get really I could get violent. But um, the next point, um, yeah, go fuck yourselves. I don't care if Chris Yost writes it or not. Yeah, and he <laughs> did. He wrote Ragnarok, and I love yeah. I love Christopher Yost. But um, you know what? This movie makes no fucking sense. Both of these characters could show up on the Netflix shows and make total sense. This? What are you going to do? put this like made for TV? Like, who gives a shit about either one of those characters? It's not the fucking 90s. <laughs> it's, it's. What the I, fuck? <laughs> Silver Stable is an assassin. Like, uh, Electra, Black Widow? Kind of. <laughs> Yeah, I guess she's kind of like both of them. And then Black Cat is just... A, I mean, I'm sorry. Marvel did it quite a bit. Well, I mean, she's a rip-off of Catwoman in many ways. Um, cat burglar, whatever. So, But now, in the comics, she's like a crime lord. Is she? Yeah. She's in wow. like the... She was the last thing I saw her when it was the Iron Fist uh, Power Man comic. Oh. And well. she's a bad guy. <laughs> oh. Okay, so you got two bad girls. I guess, like, this is their response to Gotham City Sirens. I mean, like, that's it. There's zero other reasons why to do it. Now, before Marvel uh, got to produce and write and whatever for the Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, right after Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, not even right after, just before the movie even came out, they announced a Venom movie, a Sinister Six movie, a Spider-Gwen movie. I mean, like, they were going crazy with movie announcements over at Sony. And I think as Spider-Man Homecoming is is approaching its release, they're doing the same thing again. They're going fucking crazy. They're seeing dollar signs. Avery Arad spinning his fucking asshole on a fucking Iron Man dildo. I mean, I just, like, they're, they're insane. <laughs> Not even he doesn't have the rights to do that. It's like it's like on like an, like an iron iron spider dildo. Or something yeah, like exactly. <laughs> the point is, is that nobody wants to see these movies without some real reason behind them, and that's ugh. that's that's what Marvel Studios gives you. It gives you reason yeah. behind the character. Yeah. Not just let's make money and let's destroy. The- this is how the bubble gets popped right yeah. there. Yeah. This, that's how. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's start. Let's start about DC. Let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Let's, let's take this angst to the other side. This is not going to get any better. All right. Um, <laughs> probably not until Dark Days comes up. So let's leave that for the end. We'll, we'll, <laughs> let's work our way to Dark Days and then talk we're about everything gonna, else. We're going to leave on I know. Okay. So first thing first in the DC realm. <laughs> David S. Goyer, 
is rumored to be directing Green Lantern Corps. We talked about this two weeks ago. It was the same shit. It's, it, it's the it, same shit as saying Avi Arad in the same sentence sometimes. Well, no. No. I, no, no. no. You're right. You're right. Because you can say it, Blade and it's okay. Then you, you can say, say Blade, Dark Knight no. Rises. Here's the thing about David S. Goyer is that he's a huge geek. Mm. Um, he did Man of Steel. Mm, yeah. Which, which I like. Do you? Because... A couple of years ago, you didn't like it. No, I didn't. You're right. And I, and I, because now compared to the other things, it's, it's way better. <laughs> this is the best movie ever made in the cinematic <laughs> universe. <laughs> there's obviously things I effing hate about it, but you know, he's whatever. Like Superman. <laughs> right. I mean, the the dude though is that he's got a mixed track record, but he also has a pretty good one. Um, I mean, he's worked on like so many, so many movies, so many, I mean, Dark City, I mean, The Blades, Batman Begins, um, Jumper, Man of Steel, um, I mean, like the dude's been like all over the place and Da Vinci's Demons, Constantine, I mean, he brought that to, to the screen. So it's like. I, he, he did, he's going to be bringing Krypton. Like he's done so much stuff. So I like David S. Goyer. The movie that he directed was Blade Trinity and it was fucking horrible. And that's the reason why we all kind of go, but um, he also directed the invisible, which I do like Um, the unborn, which I don't super like, but it's okay. But I don't think just because you direct a really shit movie that you're automatically dismissed. I just think for this particular movie of of Green Lantern Corps, and it's gonna be like a buddy cap movie. You know, where's John McTiernan? Get him out of uh, get him out of the fucking coffin. Like, get get some other get Michael Bay. You know what I mean? Like, get somebody else to do this fucking movie. Get somebody who really knows their shit. Brett Ratner, even. That's my idea. David S. Goyer. He doesn't have the of the chops to do it. You know you know that he he did write that Nick Fury T V movie too, right? Yeah, I know, I saw that. I just <laughs> don't have I mean mind, I mean I mean I'm pretty sure the guy is like when he's really good, he's probably not on drugs. When he's not good, he's probably on a lot of drugs. I I can't explain it. I um there are some things, yeah, I do respect. And then he, uh, you know, he wrote The Crow City of Angels, you know. <laughs> I said it's a mixed bag, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not sure what that bag really entails, though. So, yeah. Listen, I, 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 I would love to give him a chance to write John Stewart and Hal Jordan buddying it up at the same time we're looking at a uh, cinematic universe that is on its way to you know either crashing or crashing <laughs> okay seriously and we'll talk about it in a second but uh if if this year doesn't go well for them if wonder woman 
truly isn't a good movie. And if Justice League totally bites it, I mean, what what do they have left? They're not going to make well, it. To the, they're not going to make two years to Green Lantern. I guess that's what we're talking about, right? So let's because, just get, let's just wrap all this DC shit up because it's pretty much the same thing. Because what's going to happen? I mean, if it all shits the bed, then in 2020, Green Lantern Corps is the same thing what Green Lantern was when it came out. It's just like this try to start things up again because everything else is just not good. Yeah. So, I mean, basically this is this is kind of what we're talking about is that right now dc is kind of in a whole fuckery sort of situation we got wonder woman coming out which is probably going to be good let's hope so right and then we have justice league and then we have nothing we have no announcement dates like yes we know that green lantern is supposed to be happening. And also real quick with that army hammer tweeted out today. Did I send this to you? Mm. So army hammer tweeted out today, a poster, the justice league new poster. And it says, Hey, when am I going to be on the next poster? And people have been rumoring that army hammer is going to be hell Jordan. I can um, see it. And I can see it too. And I, and I think you do a good job, but then I also thought Ryan Reynolds would do a good job. And, Ryan Reynolds is fucking hilarious, but that movie sucks. Anyway, yeah, but who gives a shit about Hell Jordan because he sucks in the first place? Well, you know, he's the people's he's the people's champion. He's the fucking most boring-ass Green Lantern there is, so let's get Jon Stewart already. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the point is, is like, so after Justice League, which is in this November, what what do you have? Like we know. Okay, so we sorry we have Aquaman. We know Aquaman's coming. It's been delayed. Like, yeah, and it's, it was yeah it was it, well, until December. It's supposed to go up against delayed Star Wars. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. It's horrible. You're fucked. Um, and Good I, luck. I love, you James, to, like, love o- you, James. Love October. Come on. <laughs> so here's the problem. You already got your Wonder Woman movie, so that means you either rush a Wonder Woman movie too because of the hype that she receives from Justice League. You got Gotham City Sirens, which you're working on, but where is it? Um, you got Aquaman coming out, okay. You got The Flash, uh, not showing up anywhere. Nobody wants to see a Cyborg standalone movie. You push back the Batman, so pretty much your entire Justice League has zero footing after November 2009. 18. No, sorry, after 2017. Because 2018 has Aquaman coming out in December, but it doesn't have anything before that. You fucked. Like, you're fucked. Like, what are you supposed to do? That's the problem. That's that's really the problem. Because everything rides on that November movie. If it doesn't make money, it's over. If a Justice League movie can't make money, but Chris, even if it does make money, then at least the hype, do? at least the hype is there for the next year. At least the hype is there going into 2018. Yeah, then you bump up, I you bump up Aquaman two months because pushing it back at least gives you that comfort zone. 
if Justice League kicks ass and people are like, oh my god, Aquaman was awesome. All right, Aquaman comes out in August now. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you get three movies in 2019. I mean, they they don't. If these two movies don't do well this year, it's over. It's over. Well, it. I mean, it's over. over. It doesn't matter. Nobody gives a shit. They're gonna recast Batman. They're gonna like that Batman movie could be a standalone movie outside of all this shit with a new actor. It's like nobody cares about the Jared Leto Joker. It's like the they're fucked if this year doesn't go well for them. And there's already rumors that Wonder Woman isn't good. I'm sure they're bullshit rumors. And I really hope this movie's good because this is this is the woman superhero. I mean, yeah, of course, Captain Marvel do good because it's a fucking Marvel yeah, movie. But, but Wonder, it's Wonder Woman, Woman. Is more well known than anybody. Period. So if you don't just, if you can't justify this movie to the general audience, which in the first place, Wonder Woman comics don't do well. Period. It's very hard to sell Wonder Woman comics. Um, yeah, but the Cliff Chang run, Brian Azzarello run, was the most consistent Wonder Woman since, like, oof, I don't know, the 80s? I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. The, that's the point. It's just... I, I, I know what you're saying, yeah. You no, know, it's... I mean, I talk... This is a major discussion I have at the comic shop a lot. It's like, people are afraid to buy Wonder Woman comics. It's... I don't know what it is. I hmm. I don't know why. I, I, I buy Wonder Woman twice a month. <laughs> right. Um, I mean the other one more uh, wrench or whatever you want to call it, monkey in the oh there was a recent shell. Yeah, ghost in the shell. There's a recent interview with um Joe Maggianello, and he was on a talk show, and they they were like, oh hey, you know you got this this Batman movie coming out, and you're gonna be playing Deathstroke. You know what do you think about that? And he was like, I. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, he throws his hands up in the interview. He doesn't know that he's even in the movie. Who knows if the movie's even getting made? And this is supposed to be your bad guy. Like, he, I mean, they've said, they've rumored that it's going to be facing a, a page one rewrite. Um, and maybe they don't want Deathstroke to be the bad person. Which, to be honest with you, is fine with me. Because... I wanted it to be the Joker. It should be the Joker. You know, I, mean, I, I actually, I wanted it to be the fucking Arkham Asylum movie and the Joker's pulling the strings for everybody. That's what I want. Yeah. They, they need to make it ultra creepy yeah. with these, like these side weird villains that you've never seen before. The Joker's at the center of it. But I, I mean, mean as far as weird villains that you've never seen before, like, dude, like just like not everybody's seen. They're, no, but you don't have to like, not, like. They don't have to have big parts, but you have to still introduce yeah. the the obscure side to Batman because that's what you haven't really shown yet. I mean, it's like at least allude to these things so that you can touch on it later on. But do the Arkham Asylum and like show these villains, and then put the Joker at the center of it. Rewrite, yep. like revamp the Jared Leto Joker in a way, still make him. Jared Leto, but get away from what you did in Suicide Squad almost because people didn't like it. 
So, yeah, I mean, Deathstroke needs to be in a, and and forget the forget the cyborg movie. Like, do a Teen Titans freaking movie with do the Deathstroke back and just put Deathstroke in there. Done. Game over. The point is, DC is cinematically pretty fucked. They're doing everything right on TV, um, but and yeah, the comics. And the comics. So we'll we'll leave on a high note for DC. And they announced their big summer series, which is going to be called DC Dark Days. Um, basically, it's Jim Lee, it's Scott Snyder, it's uh, John Romita. Yeah, Romita, Andy Kubert, um, Tyrion. Is it really? Yeah. No, t- 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 Tynion. I can never say yeah. yeah, Tyrion, right? Yeah. T- Tynion. <laughs> um, and hopefully Greg Capullo because they have rumored that he's yeah, going to return with Scott Snyder. Yep. So, yep. Um, that would be awesome. I, you know, I'm excited for a Batman centric event. This is the, this is the first huge event since rebirth. Uh, we know that we'll be getting some major Watchmen um, things coming up in the next couple months here. And, and probably the three Joker route. Uh, thing that was revealed in Rebirth as well. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what's going to happen here. So, so I mean, they've, the, been, they've been cleaning everything up a lot. So, I mean, it's it's headed towards something big, and I, I I'm really excited for Dark Days, especially with Scott Snyder, you know, helping it. So. Yeah, so it's going to start off with the mysteries of the Forge and the casting, uh, which will be hitting shelves on June 14th and July 12th, respectively. And it should be a pretty epic event. Um, like we said, lots of good talent, lots of good writers, artists. And uh, you're going to see more at um, WonderCon. Uh, WonderCon, I believe, is this weekend. Isn't it? I don't know. Because that's when we're getting the new Justice League trailer is this Saturday. Yes. March, sorry, WonderCon's next weekend, March 31st through April 2nd. So, a week before WonderCon, we're going to be getting this Justice League trailer, but that you'll we'll be talking more about Dark Days coming up. And um, real quick before we go to break, uh, I just wanted to say Danny Rand's teacher is uh, UT or the August personage of Jade. That's what I could not figure out. I keep thinking Emerald. <laughs> it's August personage of Jade. That's way too complicated. All right, yeah, let's go on break. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you. Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions. Run again. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it. 
There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com. Geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. All right. We are back from those amazing commercials. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Valiant. Um, you may not have heard about them unless you're on this podcast. <laughs> this is and if you and if you haven't, you're really not that cool. I'm telling you right now, go to don'tforgettotowel.com. Um, check out all of our Valiant coverage. It's at least once to twice a week. We love Valiant, and we have said it before. We will say it again. 2017 into 2018 will be the year of Valiant for sure. It is. I mean, like when 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 the greatest one of the greatest comic book writers of our time jumps ship from Marvel and still continues to write for Valiant, it says something about the company. It says something about the quality of work that, you know, the 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 greatest independent company outside of image probably um you know it, it i don't i don't know i just i just find myself much more excited to read a valiant comic than i do a marvel comic and even a dc comic i mean i love dc but at the same time it's like i feel much more compelled to read valiant i i agree i binge on Valiant comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference is that I don't have a real problem with waiting for my next installment of Marvel or DC, even if I love it. I mean, there was times in the Skyder, uh, Skyder, the Snyder Capullo run um, where I was like, okay, I'm good. There's times when I definitely want like court of owls. That's one of the greatest comic book runs I've ever read in my life. Yeah. yeah. But consistently, I can't get enough of Bloodshot in Ninjak, in Harbinger, in Unity. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I when I read them, I'm like, I want to go back and read the other ones. The other ones, the writing's up there too. Um, but since Valiant, um, Valiant Next, I think, is that the one from 2012 on? It's just been consistently. I don't want to say it's now because it's Marvel now, so I think it's Valiant next. But since the Nash took over, um, it's been amazing. So that being said, they had a really successful run with Exo Manowar. Um, they did fifty issues of it, so it came out right at the beginning. That was one of the the big, big titles with their uh, launch of the new universe, including the Valiant, which is a great four issue run. So they did their 50 issues. And now I believe it's um, Matt Kent is now on writing duties for EXO. They rebooted it. So it's a really good place for new readers. And, and Chris, I mean, we have a review up on don't forget a towel.com I, that I did, but I want to hear from you um, on air, anyway, what you thought about it, because you've never read a 
an EXO title before? No, not since the nineties. Yeah. Um, I, I really, you know, when Valiant relaunched itself, I just, I really didn't know that much about it. Um, I remember some of the comics from back in the day, but the lead in with EXO and where they went from there, I just, I didn't, wasn't on board. I, you know, we didn't start getting um, any kind of press or anything that from Valiant until probably 2014, maybe a little bit later in the year. So um, by I that think, time, yeah, I think about that time. Yeah, about that time. Um, and really, it was like the Valiant, I think you're right. I think it was Valiant Next um, that really got me on board with what they were doing. So by the time that, you know, I, I I always have this issue about like not not being able to jump onto a comic unless it's a good jump on point. And XO ran 50-something issues before it ended, which is great. And I love Diddy as a writer. I loved him on uh, Green Lantern and stuff like that. And I really know that now, after reading this comic, I want to go back and read that run. But this this is truly what a jumping on point is. It it it's a new story. It it gives you. It doesn't confuse you to who the character is. It's it it gives you a little bit of like a little background, but at the same time, it creates enough questions where you do want to go back and and read anything that may have come before that, but also allows you to get really enveloped in the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that Valiant does a really good job and maybe we'll do a Valiant cast at some point and get clay on here too. <laughs> um, I would say almost every four issues is a new jumping on point. And it's not, you know, they don't disrespect the fans who've been reading it. But what they do is they give you those little nuggets of backstory, like Ninjak, like, hey, you know, he's a ninja. He also works for MI6. And, like, they'll kind of work in an organic way of explaining that to you so that even if you didn't read the previous 12 issues, like, you can still read it and have a fun story with this character that you might not know. Then you go back and you get to know him a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, I think you were at a point where you may or just getting into Operation Deadside with Punk Mambo, which is like, I think, right after the Siege of the Castle, which I think is like issue 12 or 13. It's a whole new fucking story. So okay. it's like, you could just get it. You know what I mean? You could just read it. So, I mean, EXO starting off with number one. They did a really fantastic way of marketing this. Um, they did giveaways, there's variants, there's steel, like, what is it, steel variants or something? Like, steel cover that, variants? That steel cover is insane. I still want yeah. to find it. Yeah, so, um, and they did a motion comic that was released today for it, like, a trailer. They, then they introduced that um, the pre-order bundle of the first three comics where you could get, like, a trade paperback-esque um, version of each of the three three comics as they come out you have to pre-order by a certain date um so you get the special variant cover for that plus like uh it's like a director's cut where you got like art and like um inside stuff I, it was just it's a really cool i just valiant does such a good they're fan unique service. marketers they're yeah. unique marketers unique marketers and just they love they love doing things for the fans that just make sense instead of just taking your money yep 
So check out Exo Manowar uh, number one. It dropped today. Today's on the, or sorry, yesterday. Today's Thursday, um, the 22nd. So, and I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. It's probably sold out. Like Clay went into his and it was already gone. I luckily had pre-ordered two of them. Um, so I have them in my bag, but like I looked on the on the desk, they're all gone at my store. So just keep it in mind that it might not be that easy to find it, but it is worth the money. Um, other valiant news, uh, Quantum and Woody, uh, the world's worst superhero team, um, is coming to television. And it's going to be produced by the Russo brothers after they finished their massive undertaking of uh, Infinity War Part 1 and 2. So uh, this is very interesting news. It just kind of creeped out of nowhere. (laughs) Um, What do you think about this? First off, as you said, uh, the next year and a half leading into 2019 will be the time of valiance. Yeah. So get on, you know, either collecting these back issues, um, getting caught up on these characters, who they are, because it's an elaborate universe. And once, once Ninjak versus the valiant universe comes out, I think that it's just, it's going to go into like overdrive. Um, so I mean, the talent of the Russos jumping on this and on this on this property says enough. Um, I mean, there. Uh, I don't even. It's it's hard. It's it's hard to really, I guess, predict what's going to happen because when you look at Valiant, it's one of those. It's always been like a niche comic, you know, uh, niche producers of comics people love it people don't know about it yeah now you have like you're really like developing the the talent um so like you know the the writer the writer of arrival uh what's his name has 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 here has has Hesser, eric Hesser. i mean look he's about to put out Secret Weapons, which is a great limited series, I'm sure, which will be really amazing for Valiant. Uh, for Valiant. So a new property, new characters, um, but he's also attached to to do Bloodshot and Harbinger Wars, right, for the movies. Yeah. So I mean, a you've got this like this amazing writer who's about to write comics for you and the movies. Oscar have... nominated writer, exactly. <laughs> And now, and then you have the Russos who are going to write Quantum and Woody. I mean, this this is the kind of stuff that you know that you can't really ignore. And if and this is how this is how you kind of move beyond. Um, like we always talk about how the comic book bubble is going to you know burst, but really, I I don't believe that because there are there's there's the fact that we've always talked about how comics are really just iterations of movies that have not been made or easily storyboards and stuff like that. So it's always been, it's always been a way to tell stories and, and, and whatnot. But now, now there's like this whole new media that we can make these great extravagant 
movies with with effects that don't cost that much money anymore or um great storytelling so i mean there's a place there's a place for it and i think now now is the time especially for valiant being such a really cohesive and 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 an interesting universe with a lot of stories to tell yeah i think that it's gonna wake up a lot of people's mind or whatever um Wake up their minds. Uh, <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that the bat and the sun, you know, Ninjak versus the uh, Valiant Universe and that bat and the sun production or produced um, thing. You, you got the Russo brothers. You got Eric, whatever his name is, from Arrival. Like, they're going to... And they've got other things up their sleeves. I bet you anything they have a cartoon series, Pride with Faith. Um, They have that one comic on Comixology, which is like their valiant heroes in high school right now. Um, Like they're going to cross all mediums and they're going to rock the world. And they're going to say, it doesn't just have to be DC. It doesn't just have to be Marvel. There's other people out there who are doing things, maybe even better, and you just don't know about it yet. I mean, The Walking Dead is an image fucking comic, which is bigger than every Marvel movie and every DC movie, and it's an indie comic. So, I mean, if you don't know about that, well, I'm sorry, it is. If you you listen to our show, I, I think you you do know about it, but I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of people out there who don't know that The Walking Dead is also a comic book. And guess what? It's an indie one. <laughs> so um, there's going to be a lot more. And, and I think Valiant is really going to start blazing his past here. Storytelling. Hell yeah. All right. Enough Valiant. So you guys are amazing. Um, real quick, saw the Death Note trailer. Um, something of note. I have not watched the anime. Chris hasn't watched the anime. Adam Wingard. <laughs> right. Something of Death Note. Um Adam Wingard uh, directed this movie. Adam Wingard, who previously worked on um, Your Next, um, recently uh, The Blair Witch Project. He also was Simon Baird, did The Guest. The Guest, yes. Sorry. The Guest, uh, which That's is fucking awesome. phenomenal. If you guys I want to see I have no idea. From Beauty and the Beast in a whole different way. Other than Legion, because he's also in Legion, Dan Stevens, watch the guest. Um, but anyway, Death Note, I don't know anything about the anime, but this trailer very much intrigued me. I thought it looked really creepy. Um, I like this idea. It looks like a really cool take on horror. Um, I'm I'm in. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, anime is making a major comeback, especially with live action. So Right. Hopefully someday I'll get a Berserk live action movie. So yeah. please, let's just bring it on. I, I, it makes me want to m- watch more anime anyhow. So, which I need to do. Exactly. All right. Next thing up uh, today, they announced or they premiered a new Alien Covenant poster. Um, <laughs> it looks fucking insane. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a. Uh, Caravaggio painting. I mean, it just looks creepy. And bodies mixed with alien bodies, human bodies and alien bodies. It was just awesome. 
truly, yeah. truly epic. Uh, that, that movie, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. And now that they've announced the sequel, prequel, whatever they want to do. Really, Scott is like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to direct more LA movies now. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was. I thought it's three. It's Prometheus, Covenant, and then one more. I've heard that it's... And then Alien. It goes Yeah, I had heard that the next movie is before Covenant, though. Really? That's kind of what I... I don't want to read too much into it because... Yeah, don't read too much into it. There's a lot of, like, spoilers to what the next movie is, so I didn't touch it. So... Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Covenant comes out in May, right? Yeah. May is not too far away, so. Oh, it's not. All right, next up. Uh, Molly Ringwald is announced to be playing Archie's mom in Riverdale. If you watch Riverdale like we do, um, same thing with Chris from Gourmet Scum Radio. We talked about it the other day. Um, we, You know, one of the big questions is who's Archie's mom? What happened there? Why not bring 80 sweetheart Molly Ringwald to be his mom? Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything much else to say. And I like Molly Ringwald. I love 16 Candles, one of my favorite movies ever. So I'm, I'm excited to see her in it. I love that show. Yeah, I love that show too. All right. Um, we got to see uh, Meet Big Chief Studios um, at Toy Fair. Listen to our Toy Fair episodes to hear a little bit more about it. But they're from over the pond over in the UK. Um, but it looks like they must have struck a deal with Sideshow because the uh, Goldfinger collection, which includes Goldfinger, Odd Job, and Sean Connery's James Bond, will be getting released from Sideshow. Um, the first figure, which is the James Bond figure, is up for pre-order right now. I have it on my reminder list to order it ASAP because James yeah, Bond is one of my favorite movies series franchises ever your reminder list must really suck because i you know i probably should order this like a month ago when i told you you want to look at my reminders list it's horrible there's two reminders right now that both say the same thing which is james bond side (laughs) yeah don't forget (laughs) don't forget yeah um yeah, both of them are at the same time. It's ridiculous. Um, anyway, do you want to buy that figure? Because I know I do. <laughs> I don't. I know you do. Yeah, I, okay, good. I, I bought my uh, my number one one six scale figure of that I've wanted. So, Which is what we're talking about next. The yeah, Obi-Wan? About that. Might as well talk about that. When I look at is that, that it? yeah, I want to weep sometimes when I look at that figure. It's amazing. It is. It's like I love, like I. Let me put it this way: when I bought, that they're just Darth, stupid dolls, Casey. They are. When I bought, they are the <laughs> fucking stupidest <laughs> dolls I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, not really, but thank you. <laughs> like when I bought that Vader, I was like, all right, yeah, this figure is okay. I was like, like, did I really? really? Did so I really? Okay. Let, let me finish. Okay. Uh, can I, can I, I finish? Like, do I really? Do I really? Did I really need this figure? Da da da. So it it sat on my shelf and I like it. And then I bought. Then I got the Obi Wan figure, and I put it on the same shelf. And it just like it made that Vader figure ten times better. Yes. Yes. 
this Obi-Wan, this Obi-Wan figure is, is, is like probably one of the best things I've ever bought in my you life. You are the chosen one. It's, <laughs> it, I like Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan, but <laughs> Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan is like, it's insane, man. I mean, light up the light up lightsaber feature. Um, everything about it is just <laughs> it. I, I can't. Even, there's no words for how much I like this figure. I mean, I got lucky too because it's gone. It yeah, line. They put it up for free shipping, and I had that coupon, so I got basically like forty five dollars off this figure. And then when I looked the other day, when I when I showed you that deal, I was like, oh, I guess I'll check out what else there is on there. And it's gone. <laughs> it's yep. No more. No moss. So, yeah. I'm happy I, I invested in it because it is. It is. It's like it, when, I, when I think about, like, all the other collectibles I have and I, I look at some of them, I'm just like, why did I? Why would I spend money on on this other stuff when you can invest in something like this? Exactly. Thank you. It's a work of art. I mean. Yep. Um, nothing compares to it. Well, there is another work of art that we're going to talk about real quick. Uh, Han Solo, um, Bandai figure. Uh, received it in the mail the other day. Haven't opened it yet, but. We bought it, and we're going to buy pretty much every Bandai release. So excited to uh, open that up. Hopefully, you'll be seeing a um, review on Don't Forget a Tall for that. Yeah, those figures are amazing, too. Yeah, I love Bandai. Love Bandai. Okay. Um, don't, forget, of, don't forget to bring it to Florida. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, speaking of Han Solo... Uh, we got an announcement that the Han Solo standalone movie will span six years. Um, to be quite honest with you, I don't know if that means like, you know, like 20 to 26 because Alden Eckenright is a little bit older or if it, if it means like six different times. I personally hope it's that because I don't know if I need to see him as a little kid, but I guess in my mind, I kind of thought I'd be seeing him as a little kid and his parents and then teenager and then a smuggler. And you know what I mean? Like, I guess I kind of thought we'd be going through that timeline, kind of like the Kanan comic in a way. That's, that's what I have been imagining because when they announced Woody Harrelson's character, I instantly thought of, um, that character that's in the Kanan comic. And I, I can't remember his name, but you know what I mean? He's a, he is a smuggler. And he's kind of a, yeah. He's kind of badass, And he's also his mentor. I thought immediately that's who Woody's going to be playing that character. I, you know what? I think that it would be kind of neat to see the prequel universe on screen again for a short time. Mm-hmm. We did, we did kind of, mm-hmm touch on it no we didn't touch on it in uh in uh rogue one so i mean not so much that i mean come on it's it's a time period that exists it would be interesting to see kind of like where he came from in a way but at the same time do we introduce han solo 
I, I, six years. I, I, that's tough, man. I don't know. Yeah. It's really kind of a tough idea because once he meets, like, once he like gets caught up with like Lando and stuff, I mean, that's definitely the gist of the movie. That's like the main part of the movie. Yeah. That's why, like I said, I, I almost feel like it's going to be six different years in a yeah. way. Um, like a yeah. Superman yeah. American alien type situation where it's just like six different points in his life at different ages, um, which it would actually I mean, be kind of a cool way to handle it. I mean, we do have to see if he does, if they do go with the old story of how he joins the Imperial Academy, yep. and how he busts Chewbacca out if they stick yep. with that story. And then he goes into smuggler time. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's a kid. You kind of see where he comes from. He joins the academy. They go through that a little bit. You learn that he, he learns that it's not really what he wants to do, and he busts Chewbacca out, and then he goes from there. Yeah. So, I mean, I could I could dig that. I'm, I'm sure that's what it's going to be. I do have to agree. Um, you talked about Obi Wan a little bit before. Um, they recently brought him back in Rebels, um, in a standalone episode in its own way, kind of, to fight Darth Maul. Uh, spoilers, if you haven't been on the internet in the last fucking week, because it's all over, Obi-Wan, Maul, they fight. Obi-Wan kills him in about three moves. Four um, seconds. <laughs> either one. It's very divisive. Yeah. Um the internet seemed to really split right down the middle. Some people loved it. Some people thought, oh, three moves, like, no way, and blah, 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 blah. But what he's, what are your thoughts on it? He's fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, he's not going to deal with this bitch-ass, like, <laughs> fake Sith dude who he, like, schooled when he was younger. Obi-Wan has obviously become much more, like, hardened and 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 much more he's had way more time to like develop who he was in the force and i loved it i mean it was appropriate the episode itself was kind of bullshit uh <laughs> leading up to it but once obi-wan shows up on that dewback and it's very like spiritual and he's i I like how they handle it because really I don't, I really don't give a shit about Darth Maul at this point. I yeah. really felt like he was forced through rebels was in a way in season two. Yeah. Nothing with him in season three. Right. So, I mean, this is a very appropriate end until then yeah. he says that whatever he says to him, like, will he avenge us? And I'm just, well, he said that, is he the chosen one? And yes. Obi-Wan says, yes. And he goes, then he will, or something like that. He will avenge us. Yeah. It's weird to me. I get, I get it because like Darth Maul feels betrayed by the Sith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's cool. Um, it's not that I didn't like the Darth Maul character. I just felt like it, it was just overplayed. Um, and that's why I really respect the way they killed him off because yeah, they could have went to this huge like duel 
and da 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 da. But it's it's very. It was perfect in my in my in my opinion how they how they treated it. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I watched it a couple times because I was like, "Did I just see that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did. Um, <laughs> Obi Wan's a badass. He is, and uh, Dave Filoni, uh, the creator of Rebels and Clone Wars, pointed out um, that. It's he tried Darth Maul tried using the same move that he did to defeat Qui Gon, a move that Obi Wan has probably been studying his entire life since that moment. So it makes sense that he knows that move because he's a master. You know what I mean? So I I thought that that was really appropriate. And um, you know where do you go with Darth Maul really? Really, you don't go it's, in. I mean, it's done. It's the same thing. Like, where do you go with most of these characters? <laughs> well, that's a whole separate podcast, which we're not going to get into. But yes, agreed. Where did where did the rebels go? Stay tuned on the next episode of Tawley Talk. Um, all right. And the last point that uh, we just kind of wanted to bring up, still on Star Wars as usual. Um, we will be going to Celebration. Um, it's something that, you know, I kind of talked about at the top of the episode that we will um, be doing more podcasts. Uh, what's going on is we will be working with Gourmet Scum Radio while we're down there. Um, I know Chris and I, uh, other Chris Seaver and I will probably be doing some episodes um, while we drive down there. It's a 20 hour drive. Um, So plenty of time to talk on that. And then uh, when all of us are together, the three of us are together, uh, we'll definitely be doing podcasts. Um, Probably, you know, our first day impressions as well as just overall thoughts about uh, celebration, the convention, Star Wars celebration, you know, Lots of crazy stuff to to be going over while we're down there, you know, and uh, very excited. You know, it's been like 14 years since we went to Celebration. Yeah, I think it was 2003. It was right before... um, Episode 3. Episode 3. So the April and before and then May came out. So, yeah, it's... uh, you're right. Has it been? Is, I thought it was 2005. When, when was? No. When was uh, Revenge of the Sith? It was every two years, right? It was 99, 2001, 2003. Wasn't it? Years. I thought. 2005. I think, 2005. Was it 2005? No, I just looked up on IMDb. Yeah. Maybe it was 2005. Yeah. It's been over a decade. Yeah. Regardless. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Celebration so, 3. Celebration 3. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, super excited. Um, if you, if you're a listener of the episodes, um, you're going to be at celebration. Let us know on social media um, at DFAT towel, hit us up on Instagram um, on our Facebook page, or even just email us at don't forget to towel one at gmail.com. We'd be happy to high five with you lightsaber duel with you. Um, we're going to be there. We're going to be ready to rock. It's going to be great. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. I thought you raised your hand. Sorry. 
I did. Uh, I did. Oh, I was. Let. I was just going to say Celebration Three was in April as well. So it's, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, they do it every April because at that point it was before May when the movies were going to come out. Um, and now they moved it to December. Though Han Solo is going to be next May, so that's going to be interesting. What do you mean? Oh yeah, except there is no celebration next year, which is kind of strange too. So I think because you're I think failed. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I think because of this, because there's celebration this year, there's Comic Con this year, there's also D twenty three this year. I think they're probably like, what the fuck? Can we just chill out a year? And they and episode eight this year. You know what I mean? And Force Friday. It's like this, Disney's got a lot of shit going on, and I think like whoever does you know PR on uh, Lucasfilm is probably just really legit tired and just really doesn't want to do another convention for a while. So they you don't know, need it, to. They don't. They they really don't. Um, at all not to say that i don't want to see that trailer for episode eight at celebration and i know we will and i know we'll all cry collectively but they don't have to if they did if if all they did was show that poster and then they released like a a picture of like mark hamill's beard everyone's gonna be in those seats they don't need footage but that's the point like last year's celebration truly fizzled out and we had we talked about that in that podcast is like what did they actually show at that celebration that made it worth going? If I would have flown to Europe for that, I would have punched somebody in the face. Well, step back. That's easy for us to say as outsiders looking in. If we would have been in it and saw um, the Rogue One behind the scenes, if we would have saw the announcement of Han Solo, if we would have saw the announcement of Thrawn, if we would have saw the preview for Rebels, I, I guarantee you we would have been very happy with our experience at Celebration. But nice. as an outsider looking yeah. in, and also you got to see Vader, you remember? They got to see the back of his head, but whatever, they got to see him. As an outsider looking in, yeah, it seemed like a waste of fucking time and, and all that stuff. But I think that being there, it, it was a lot different. Well, that stuff, but there was still a lack of substance. No, of course. Of course, I completely agree, but you know, Where, it's for us to say. It is, but at the same time, it's like wouldn't a celebration do better off every two years? Well, it just might be the case. Um, where can you listen to us? In your ear holes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the... Uh, <laughs> Stitcher and uh, whatever iPhone gives you. iTunes. Under, that's right. On the podcast app. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Check us out. Um, we try to put an episode every week or so, uh, whether it's me, Casey, or Casey and another towelite. So we uh, <laughs> try to talk it up as much as possible, or we release a, a classic episode that uh, you uh, should enjoy. Um, also, we want to try to do another Pursuit of Plastic coming up soon, so uh, keep it tuned, and uh, we would love to hear some feedback on the episodes as well. So, uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rate so, us, review us, give it to us. That's it. 
And um, like we said, thank you very much for listening. Um, this this should be a pretty good month for us, and it's because of you guys. So thank you very very much for for listening, and um, we appreciate it. So this is Casey saying thank you, and I am the Iron Fist. And this is Chris. See you next time. <laughs>